Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. great to be back with you folks this morning and on this podcast and I was thinking as we came along where we've been covering so much in 49 and 50 and 48 and we've learned so much from them and uh, boy the, the you know it's we just need to get on the psalm bus you know and uh, and sell out for this there's a bus of people who listen to this devotion in the morning Stephanie and we just need to get him on the bus. I'm reminded of the preacher who couldn't swim, and he got he fell off the boat, and he was out in the ocean, and he was trying to swim around. And uh, first comes along this boat, and this fisherman yells down to him. He says, "Hey, uh, do you need help?" And the preacher replied, "No, you know God will eventually save me." And then a second boat came along, and uh, and, and the captain of the second boat came along and said, "Hey, you know." Uh, can we save you? Can we pull you out of the water? Can you swim? He says, no, God's going to take care of me. Well, the preacher died and went to heaven. And he, when he got to heaven, he, he said, God said to him, why didn't you take the help? Why didn't you? And he said, well, why didn't you save me? And he said, I sent two boats for you. Sometimes we forget that God is sending boats for us. He's sending these Psalms to us. He's sending us these things to grow. He, he's sending these, and sometimes they seem tedious and long and Sometimes we just want to shut off the podcast and say, well, it's more of the same. It's some, no, it's God's holy oracles. It's the inspired, preserved word of God. This is important stuff. This is stuff we grow on. This is stuff we live on. This is the stuff that can pull us out of our ditches, our pits. This is the stuff that can pull us out of these desperation places. This is the stuff that can change everything. And so with that, with me as always is Stephanie Wesco. And Stephanie, what's going on with you this morning? Well, good morning, Doug. Um, I'm doing pretty well. So, yeah, we're we're more into the Valentine season at our house, and yeah. Stephanie's pretty excited about. She asked me this week, um, end of the last week, she said, "Could you uh, get some heart pillows to put on the couches?" Hmm. So she's enjoying um, enjoying that. Emmeline was not happy the Christmas tree finally had to come down. That made her very, very sad. Well, it's one step closer to June 24th and Emmeline's, the, the queen, the uh, the royal one, the anointed one's birthday. Oh, so, my word. So you should use it that way and say, Emmy, you're one step. So we were talking to Emmy. We were driving last night and Emmy called. We were coming back from a church and we got to talk to Emmy. She couldn't understand why the car was so dark. When we got to, uh, when we finally started going through Charlotte, which was an hour and a half or so after we started driving, uh, she could see lights in the car and see our faces a little bit. But we love talking to Emmeline and Stephanie's kiddos. They're all pretty great. And uh, But we're at Psalm 50, Stephanie. And uh, one other thing. Now, we, we do got to go back to Thor. People need to know what's going on with Thor. Uh, I mean, is there any prospects in Thor's future for uh, someone to court for a bride, for uh the mother of your dog grandchildren uh i refuse to be a dog grandmother okay all right well 
Nope. You know, someday a box just may arrive at your front door with a female Goldie in there, you know, and... Uh, and if there is, guess who will be getting a phone call? Yeah, you just never know. But anyway, Psalm 50 is more important than Thor right now. Though we are going to introduce you guys to Thor. We got to put a live video on Facebook with Thor in it on Help for Wounded Spirits. We got to put it on that page. People need to meet the real Thor and then they'll understand his struggles. He's bigger than me if I got down on all fours. He's massive. Wow. Yeah, but he has more fun on all fours than we would, you know. We'd be like, no, man, I want to get up, man. He, he's jumping on people. He's rolling around. He's getting his belly petted. You know, if we if we went up to someone we didn't know and rolled over and said, pet my belly, it just wouldn't go over real big. But Thor can pull that off, man. Thor can get anybody to pet his belly. and uh, But he's not a bully. He's a good guy. Emmy's afraid of him. But anyway, Psalm 50... So we come well, she's not afraid of him if he's outside the door. Then she's like, oh, mommy, look at Thor. He's so cold. Oh, isn't he so cute? Till you bring him in. Oh. Then she freaks out. You bring him in, man, and things get goofy, don't they? Because he's so big. I mean, he could he's trample. Oh, truthfully, he could trample over Emmeline. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and that's why she's so freaked out about it. It's like being my size. You know, I used to freak people out when I was younger, especially. You know, like I had a kid in high school one time run into me in the hallway and he flew backwards and he hit the floor. And I felt bad about yeah. that. It's just a normal sized kid, you know. And I'm like, yeah. dude, I'm sorry, you know, you ran into me. And uh, because I, I, well, I used to be more of a giant than I am now. Uh, as we continue along with our health program, looking skinny, feeling good, trusting God. Uh, why don't you read Psalm 50 for us? We'll get in God's word and get over the silliness for a while. We'll go back to Thor tomorrow. Yeah, here we go. Okay. okay. The mighty God, even the Lord, hath spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice, and the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, and I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or, for, or thy burnt offerings. To have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls, or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. But unto the wicked, God saith, what hast thou to do to declare my statutes or that thou shouldest take my covenant in, the, in thy mouth? Seeing thou hatest instruction and castest my words behind thee. When thou sawest a thief, then thou contendest with him, and hast been partaker with adulterers. Thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine own mother's son. 
These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such an one as thyself. But I will reprove thee, and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Man, that's a wonderful ending there. Whosoever offereth praise, that praises God. There's a lesson there. Whosoever that offereth praise to glorify me and to him that ordereth his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God. And boy, there's a lot going on here. It feels like a court hearing. It feels like there's judgment going on. It, it feels like there's different things going on. And I think right there in verses one through six, we're speaking about the holy judge. And, and the only judge that matters in eternity and for all eternity is that holy judge. So as you read that, you know, you should pay particular attention to what the holy judge gives us. We know this is a psalm of Asaph, not a David. But it says, the mighty God, even the Lord, has spoken and called the earth right away and then out of Zion. Boy, I can already think about what song you're going to do today. But uh, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people, gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with, my, with, uh, by, with me by sacrifices, in the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is a judge himself. So right away, coming out, God's judging us, man. There's a judge, it's God. And uh, we know there's a couple judgments, don't we? There's a couple kind of judgments that's going to happen. If you're a born-again Christian, you're judged in one way, and that judgment is going to, even though it's going to be bad, will probably be terrible. Those things we've lied, those things we embellished, those hyperbole, those types of things will come back and slap us around. But we still get to spend eternity in heaven worshiping God. But then there's another seat, Stephanie. There's another judgment that's going to take place in all of eternity that every Christian is going to go through. Remember, the Bible says that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess the Lord Jesus and uh, there's going to be a judgment, and I think it's called the Great White Throne of Judgment, is it not, Stephanie? Where those people yeah, who are not lost. saved are going to know yeah. what holiness is. They're going to stand in front of that Great White Throne. They're going to stand there. They're going to uh, see what holiness is. Their knees are going to uh, bend. Their tongues are going to. They're going to bow down. They're going to be on their knees. Their tongues are going to declare Jesus Christ as Lord, and He's the Judge of the Earth. And I mean, what are those six verses saying to you? They're right out of the shoot. Well, I think it's saying to me that God, um, God is is the one who is to be feared and reverenced. Yeah. Um, he's a holy, righteous judge. He is. And um, when you know him as Savior, he's your heavenly Father. If you do not know him as Savior, the only way you know him is as judge. Yeah. He is merciful. You know, he, he's long-suffering, he's merciful, otherwise we'd all be squashed but like bugs. But he ultimately, if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, is the judge. Yeah. And, um, and oh, that, you know, that we would be able to be his messengers to share the love that he has with people, that they would not have to meet him as that judge primarily that they would meet him as their savior. They would meet him as 
um, the one who's who's watching them with love and concern and um, because that's why Jesus Christ came. That's why he gave his life was so that no one has to meet him at the great white throne judgment, that they have that open opportunity to accept his salvation and be able to meet him as their savior. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's uh, there's an opportunity right here for the people listening. And I think that's a very good point. And for those of you who are listening, you can make a reservation at that, uh, at the Bemis seat, which is a different judgment. It's for those who are saved. You can make a reservation to go to heaven. You can have a place to go. You know, I'm always amazed, Stephanie, at these people who, before they'll travel down the road 50 miles or 100 miles, they've got a hotel reservation. They have a car reservation. They have dinner reservations and supper reservations. But those same people, and it may be some that are listening to us today, have not made a reservation in heaven, have not booked. Uh, God is the Lord and Savior. And I mean, that needs to happen because we know that judgment's coming. And then in the second, as we continue on with the psalm, I've broken down the next set of verses from 7 to 15, talking about the heartless worshipers, those people who worship without heart, they're heartless. And and uh, as you go on there, I think that in verse 7, it says, Hear, O my people, I will speak, O Israel, I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. God is going to speak at our hearings. There's going to come a time, and he'll speak against us when we haven't done the things right that we should have been doing. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings that have been continually before me. Remembering in the Old Testament, burnt offerings and sacrifices were a way to please God. In the New Testament, the greatest sacrifice, the greatest lamb, uh, the greatest, uh, you know, offering that you can put out there is, is that of Jesus Christ dying for our sins. And so we don't have to make sacrifices. We don't have to find that spotless lamb. We don't have to look through the flocks. We don't have to put together these different things for an offering that Christ has already done that for us, for our sacrifice, for every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. And I know all the fowls of the ears in the mountain and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee. For the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Will I eat flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High. And uh, it goes, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. Talking about glorifying God. So it's talking about these worshipers that aren't doing things right. They're heartless. They don't have their heart in it. And he's talking about some of the things that we need to do and what he will do. I mean, thinking about that, Stephanie, what do you think of this group of people that aren't all in? Well, I think it's interesting here that obviously the 7 through 15 is specifically, okay, it was written to Israel, but these principles about God has not changed in the sense of, what he's looking for from his people and um, in this church age, what he's looking for us as his church. And um, I'm not saying we've replaced Israel. I'm just saying um, the principles that are here are the right. same. Exactly. And, um, God's making it very clear to the gate. He's not rebuking them for sacrificing. He's not, re he's not, he's not looking for that, that that's, He's not rebuking them for doing it, That's, but that's not his main focus because he's making it very clear, I'm God, I don't need anything. But when I get to verse 14, I see 
I think that Israel as a people had forgotten to do something very important. They had forgotten to thank God. And they were not keeping the vows that they were making. And God is saying, that's what I want from you. Yeah. That is what I want from you. I want Thanksgiving and I want you to be giving me what you vowed is mine. Right. And until those two things happen, until our hearts, and that's reaffirmed in verse 23 where he says, whoso offereth praise, glorify. When we praise God, that is one of the greatest ways we glorify him. When we are declaring his works, when we are singing praise to him, we see so many examples of that throughout scripture. And then keeping our promises to him. You know, that's a scary thing when we when we look at the life of Jonah. He was a prophet of God, and when God told him to do something, he ran the opposite way. And then he ends up in the whale's belly, and in the whale's belly, he says, I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Yeah. And Jonah had come to terms with, even though he still wasn't very sweetly obedient after that, he knew he had broken his vow. And... God looks at our commitments very seriously. He does. When we have said, God, I'm, I'm giving my life to you to serve you. He takes us at our word. Yeah. And he takes it very seriously. If we say, sorry, God, I'm done with that. I'm not, I'm not keeping that promise to you. He takes that very seriously. And if we are not doing those things, we cannot do verse 15. We cannot see, we can't truthfully call on him for deliverance when we have chosen to be out of his will, when we have chosen to be ungrateful and unholy. Because if you're not keeping your vows to God, you're not holy. You're not walking with him. You're not in communion with him. So verse 15 can only come in verse 14 happening first. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge to remember God's God. He doesn't need us at all. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. He doesn't need us. What he's looking for from us is us offering that sacrifice of praise. He's looking for us to pay our vows, to be that living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto him, because that's our reasonable service. And then verse 15, when that stuff is in order, that we can call on him in the day of trouble. And he makes a promise there. I will Deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Amen. Amen. And then we get to this place where as we're, as we're wrapping this up, we come across these hypocritical sinners. And starting in verse number 16, But unto the wicked God saith, What hast thou to do to declare my statutes, or what thou should take, shouldest take my covenant in, thine, in my mouth, in thy mouth? Seeing thou hatest instruction, and castest my words behind thee, when thou sawest the thief, and when thou uh, consentest with him, and hast been partaker with adulterers, thou givest my mouth to evil, and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine own mother's house. And then these last two verses, they kind of go in a different direction, continuing on here with the psalm. Uh, but they wrap us up very nice, and they're talking about an honest worshiper here. And it says in these last few verses, it says, These things hast thou done, and I kept silence, finishing up with that last group. 
and, and thoughtest that I was altogether such one as myself, and I will reprove thee and set them in my order before thine eyes. Now consider this, that ye that forget God, lest I tear you into pieces, there be none to deliver. Whosoever authorest praise, glorify me. And to him that, uh, that ordereth his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God. So again, it's I'm offering you these things. I can give you these things. This is how you get salvation. If you do the right things, if you uh, become an honest worshiper, if you do those things we're talking about, uh, then you can have these great benefits. There's benefits with membership, Stephanie. There's, there's benefits with being saved. You're saved from hell. You're saved from the things of this world. You pass from death unto life. And there's also benefits in service to God. There's benefits in praise and worshiping God. God's telling us to praise him. There's benefits in that. Things get better when we praise him. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, you look at Paul and Silas, you know, they were in the stocks. They'd been beaten, put in the stocks there in, in the jail at Philippi. And they prayed and sang praises. Yeah. And there's power in choosing to praise. Praise, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but when I get a compliment or someone praises the work I do here on earth, it makes me feel good. And so imagine that a God, a great God that made us, who makes the blood flow from my fingertip to the tip of my toe, which is probably about eight feet of movement in my body with a three and a half foot arm and a long body. But God does all that. If I can praise somebody for helping me or doing a good job or whatever the case may be, I need to be praising God for everything he's done in my life and how he does those things. And I think that's what the word of God is telling us. Be an honest worshiper. Praise me. I'll see you. I'll look for you. I'll find you. Stephanie, if we're going to heal from crazy things on this earth, it involves praising God. It involves helping others. It involves a mindset move. It involves taking us to a different place. It's, you know, as we go, friends, as we heal, as we search, and as we wrap up this psalm, healing involves praising God. Healing involves Taking that God you praise, he becomes big in your life. We're magnifying him, like it says in the book of Philippians, where Paul says he's magnifying God. He's making God bigger in his life. That's what's going on here. God wants us to make him bigger in our life. When he becomes bigger in our life, we heal. When he becomes bigger in our life, we help other people. When he becomes bigger in our life, other people put God bigger in their life. It's, it's a cycle. It goes around and so what song do you got to wrap up this whole wonderful psalm of praising God, being an honest worshiper, trusting him? How do we wrap that up with a song? Well, how about we do praise him, praise him? Jesus, our blessed redeemer. Yep. That's a good song. I think it's a good one. Okay. Praise him, praise him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Sing all worth, his wonderful love proclaim. Hail him, hail him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor give to his holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard his children. In his arms he carries them all day long. Praise him, praise him, 
tell of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him, ever in joyful song. Praise him, my brother. Praise him every day. Praise him when you don't feel like praising him. Praise him when you have the highs, when you're on the mountaintop. Praise him in the valley. Praise him for your family. Praise him for everything he does for you. Praise him because he's God. He's the all-powerful one. He's the all-knowing one. He's the one that gives us life. Listen to every word Eric's got to say here. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.